You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. Uh, I want to lead off the show by doing a bit of a mea culpa. Today I was at AA Akron and I uh, reported that I was 100% sure a trade was going down. Uh, there was a group of us. We all saw some a commotion with the manager and with some brass and then some players brought over. And, you know, if you listen to uh, Chris Antonetti on the game tonight, he talked about that there were some deals they thought they had crossed the finish line on and they just didn't happen. And I, I wonder if I saw some of that um, one way or another. But I should have said that it looks like something's happening. I can't confirm anything. The 100% sure... And we all thought a deal was happening. Then we were sitting there talking like, who's it going to be? So if you saw that tweet earlier, that's how it came. We're sitting down there. Uh, at this point, we've talked to the players already for the game performance. And we're waiting to talk to uh, Rudy Odour. And we're waiting. And we're waiting. And we're waiting longer than uh, we've had to wait in the whole time I've you know, been going down there to games uh, at the AA level. And like I said, there's a management down there. He's going to the office. Players are coming. Other uh, uh, coaching staff is uh, coming by, uh, and I we all misinterpreted the situation. So if you saw that tweet, um, I apologize. I had my information wrong. Uh, I will say, yeah, I screwed up. But man, some people on Twitter made me realize why some people quit Twitter. Just the amount of people who uh, got really mad or called names or made uh, really terrible statements about me it was kind of a shock and a surprise uh but uh yeah now i got to see how the other half lives the indians may not have made a move today but you know they made the big one last night we went in the trevor bauer trade in depth in the last podcast on tonight's show we'll talk about the win tonight talk about what the twins did at the deadline talk about the deadline in general and then for the second half of the show we will kind of think post-trade deadline, what the Indians' top 11 prospects look like. So the Indians, they needed to win tonight. Um, The Minnesota Twins, I mentioned multiple times before, they have a very easy schedule right now. It's Miami uh, into Kansas City, then Atlanta is tough, and then a big four-game stretch with Cleveland, a two-gamer with Milwaukee, and then it's Texas, who's fallen apart, Chicago, Detroit, Chicago, Detroit. So outside of this Atlanta, Cleveland, Milwaukee stretch in here, which is uh, nine games, uh, there. so there's nine tough games, and then basically they get to cruise through September 2nd. Uh, September 3rd, they have the Red Sox and then the Indians and then the Nationals and the Indians. So then they have another little tough stretch so the indians on the other hand you know are facing the houston astros one of the best teams in the american league and you know the astros made a giant deal today getting zach granke um i haven't looked at the specifics because a big part of any granke deal is seeing how much money is uh is changing hands because he has such a large contract um i assume arizona is eating some of that because they got a haul for him Uh, a lot of yankees fans i saw were upset but Granky had them on their no trade. It's the same issue with Mike Miner, no trade. Uh, it really got down to the point where the Yankees, you know, it's hard to find a match. Um, you know, a lot of fans I saw tweets were mad, like, 
why they take a bucket of balls from someone else when they want our top three prospects. And that was for Robbie Ray. Um, basically, I think one of the problems was the Yankees were so focused this year on trying to get uh, multiple years of control that they missed on some of the rentals, like a, a Tanner Rourke who fetched a really good piece to the uh, the Reds. And, uh, you know, it, it was not a market that was in their favor with the guys with multiple years of control as the Indians didn't want to trade there. Some of the vets have no trades there. It just didn't set up in their favor. But it set up in the Astros' favor, and, you know, Urquidy didn't go well for him. Colin McHugh, who's been a starter for them in the past, didn't go well there. But that's why they traded for Greinke. That's why they went out and made another trade for um, even more pitching help, getting a, a trade with uh, Toronto. So this was a, a particularly strong game for Roberto Perez. His two home runs tonight give him 18 on the year. He is... He's got an outside shot at 30, which would be kind of amazing. Uh, Kipnis gets his ninth home run. Carlos Santana, his 23rd. If you were curious just about, you know, the career of Roberto Perez, the 18 now, um, his previous high in a season was eight. And as a matter of fact, in, you know, the last, he basically has played four seasons. Uh, he had hit 20 over those four seasons and that was you know he's averaging something around a high 60s number of games a year uh he's already at 77 this year it's uh it's just it's interesting to see i kind of have to go through and dig but um offensive his war is a zero according to espn which just does not seem right um he does a lot of things to to have that score doesn't make sense but it is a you know interesting to see that Santana um it's nice to see him he's been kind of scuffling get off that snide there um I mean everybody got in even Bowers had a walk um Bowers this could be his last game in Cleveland um for a while he could be on his way to AAA uh Naquin you know an 0 for 4 not a huge surprise in the situation, you know, it, it but it, you are facing a right-handed pitcher, so you kind of expect him to do better, and he has been playing so well, but I could also see the whole uh, trade situation getting into someone like his head. So, Plesak, I mean, I'll take four runs over five innings when you're facing the Astros. That is a killer lineup. Goody has been really effective since he's been called up. Perez did what he needed to do. Simber continues to be great. And then uh, when they needed Hand to come in and get an out, he <laughs> needed one pitch to do it. Uh, no save for him. But, you know, it, this is an Astros team that, you know, Uriel, uh, it's not Uriel, Guriel, uh, you know, he's hitting seventh for them. He's hitting 299. Uh, 333 um, base percentage of 523 slugging. Uh, Robinson Chirinos, their catcher, is their worst hitter, and he's got almost an 800 OPS. Like, this is an absolutely, now that everyone's healthy, phenomenal lineup. Um, I'm very happy with the Indians lineup, but it can't compare, it can't compete with this. Uh, the Astros and the Twins are really the cream of the crop. Uh, I think I'd prefer this Astros lineup myself, but. So when Plesak gives up four runs over uh, five innings, I'll take it. 
the offense picked the team up, get big win for the Indians. They are able to keep pace with the Twins. The Minnesota Twins' big weakness this year has been their pitching staff. And they went out, and while they could have used a starter, that didn't happen. They did go out and add a pair of relievers, uh, Sergio Romo, earlier in the week, uh, about the same time when the Indians made their smaller trade um, with the Rays. And then they added Sam Dyson today from the... uh, from the San Francisco Giants. So their pen got better, but they're, you know, they, they still have that need at starting pitcher. Uh, you know, they've got, if they make it to the postseason, they could be okay because Berrios and Odorizzi have been so good this year. But they're going to have to figure out the rest of it at some point. But uh, yeah, they didn't make that big trade, which was nice. The, uh, the only, you know, massive trade I saw. I think Arizona had the two most interesting trades of the day by far. Um, so the Granky deal, they get just a whole mess of prospects. Uh, those guys slot into their system. And then they trade before that, you know, uh, one of their top three prospects to the Florida Marlins for Zach Gallen, who I've loved for a long time. Um, you know, Gallen's not big enough. He's slight build. He doesn't throw hard enough. He's always gotten strikes. He has solid secondary offerings. He hits his spots. He's Shane Bieber light, in my opinion. And this is already his third team, but for once, a team actually traded value for him. He has been phenomenal over seven starts. So it's it's one of those deals where someone's going to come out a big winner down the road. Either we'll look back and be like, Zach Gallen has turned into a solid mid-rotation starter. I can't believe they gave up one prospect for him. Or it's going to be, you know team see him a second time and figure him out and it's like oh it stinks that we traded a top 100 prospect for him but uh between that and the Granky deal Diamondbacks most interesting team of the day for me at this deadline it's time for the sponsors Bombas uh you guys know me I'm all about comfort and so is Bombas is the most comfortable socks in history of feet plus for every Bombas purchase they donate a pair to uh, someone in need uh, but if you're like, uh, oh, what about, I'm not on socks. They also do t-shirts. There's other things you can do there. Um, I've got a two-year-old at home. The Sesame Street socks are a hit. So with Bombas, we have this deal worked out because that's how it works with sponsors. You guys know this by now. So if you want to try Bombas, find out what feet daydream about, you can go to bombas.com slash locked. So bombas.com backslash locked. I know a lot of times it's locked on. In this case, it's just locked. Uh, today, and get 20% off an order. Bombas.com backslash locked. Uh, support of Lockdown Indians comes from Manscaped, who is number one in the men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code locked on. You know, if you want to trim down there, you want to be careful. Use manscaping. Okay, so we are back. Um, now becomes the fun part where we, we look at what the Indians have done and we try and figure out what their top 10 is going to be. Um, it's a question I've gotten repeatedly already, and I, I think I kind of have a a general outline of players and where I would put them. Uh, there'll be some surprises, and you know, since it's me, it's going to go to 11 instead of 10. 
but I thought I would just go ahead and lay it out here in the podcast and uh, generate some talking points. Before we get into that, um, I thought it was really interesting today that like the one guy I kept seeing reference to the Indians uh, that they chased was Caleb Smith trying to add another left-hander. He's been really good this year. Um, strikeout rate over 11, walk rate under 3, home run rate is high. Um, in a park that is not homer friendly, I want to say. I want to say that Miami Marlins Park is like bottom five in park factor. It's either bottom five or top five, but I want to say it's bottom five. His hit rate is unsustainable. When you look at something like his FIP, it shows that, you know, he's more an over four guy. But uh, he's a good mid-rotation starter, especially as a lefty who's missed all those bats and who you have team control of through 2023. The Marlins are asking for a lot, and that is understandably so. The humor in this is, of of course, he was originally drafted in the 14th round by the New York Yankees. Um, He did pitch in the majors with the Yankees. Uh, Then he was lost in the Rule 5 draft and eventually made his way back to the Yankees. And then he was traded by the Yankees to the Marlins. So uh, back in 2017, which is the same year he had uh, appeared in the majors with the Yankees. Uh, 2018, he was a solid back-end starter. Uh, he's improved this year in his uh, his first like full season. He's already set a season high for innings. But an interesting guy the Indians targeted, and they could target him again this offseason. So just keep that name in the back of your head, Caleb Smith. Uh, the Indians have the pieces to go out and make an interesting trade. Okay, so top 10, Nolan Jones at the top. Is that a surprise to anyone? I, I should not... I wouldn't think so. I've been stating he's the number one guy in system for a while. You know all the reasons. I mean, it's a potential, you know, average hit plus power. Uh, he's just, it, he's going to walk a ton. Uh, so while it's like average hit, he's still going to get on base at a, at a plus rate because of that. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the bat will play. George Valera at uh, all of 18 years of age still won't be 19 until uh, December the or November. The interesting thing with him is because he's, you know, one of the Latin American signees who's spent some time already in system. Um, he's a rule five eligible in two years. Uh, who you, He will probably, at the rate he's moving through the system, uh, maybe he'll force his way in th- before then. But, you know, 15% walk rate. He's got the eight home runs, the credible uh, runs created of a 145. And again, he's he's an 18-year-old in the short season league. And that short season league is a lot of college players fresh out of college this year for the draft. It's a lot of high school kids who spent last year in the Arizona Fall League. And he's younger than those guys. So he's one of the youngest players in the league, and he's doing really well. And that's, um, you know, I wasn't going to buy the hype because I don't buy the hype on uh, on expensive Latin American signings just because the flameout rate has been so high. But now you have performance that goes with the hype. So that's that's the easy part. You got those two. I think it stays pretty easy, though there's some debate here. I think Tyler Freeman is your number three. Um, he just continues to hit. So many multi-hit games this year. Um, really impressive he's, you know, 20. 
in high A. Uh, doesn't walk a ton, doesn't strike out a ton. His, uh, if you're curious, his, his runs created is a 150 after being a 137 in A. Uh, he's hitting 354. I mean, his bat pip is extremely high at every step. But again, in the lower levels, that's a sign of a positive hit tool, of a guy who's likely to have a better hit tool if they have that high bat pip because it's more showing that they're making quality contact. So, I mean, everything here looks to be a guy with a potential plus hit um, and then just average to below average everything else. But as an up-the-middle prospect, he'll be fine. Uh, we'll see how he continues to develop and grow, but you know, that's, that's the top three. And I think that's kind of a, a rock solid group in my opinion. At this point coming in fourth, I would be, I would probably put Logan Allen. Um, maybe not the most popular opinion, but he's pitched in the majors. He's just 22 years of age. Um, He's athletic. He's a left-hander. You know, he's just a few months older than Tristan McKenzie. Tristan McKenzie has pitched half a season in Double A. Logan Allen is pitched in the majors, and he's left-handed, and you know he's got more weight. And yeah, I mean McKenzie has more upside, but I think Allen is just so much safer at this point. He's going to be a reliable back-end starter, and there, I don't know anyone who doesn't believe that so I just put him at four he's a safe value um five I would still probably at this point go with McKenzie um I've heard some rumbling that like you know he was supposed to come back in June and then we haven't heard much since that you know he might not pitch in the minors this year um you know and that's that's an issue that's a concern that you know he he would basically come back for the fall league play in Arizona and then likely the Indians would encourage him I mean depending on this injury to maybe look at doing some winter ball just to build up innings and strength but um, we might not see him pitch at all this year when it's working I mean there's two potential plus pitches with plus command that's a number two Um, that's ceiling amongst like the the arms at that level he is clearly the highest but again it's you know, last year he appeared in 16 games, 90 innings. This year we have nothing. Uh, his build is unprecedented, and people have been waiting for injury issues, and this is back-to-back years with them. I mean, I might bump him down to six. The reason I would have him higher than Hankins is he's already proven himself at those lower levels. And, uh, I mean, I've gotten burned a lot of times by buying in on... Uh, buying in on uh, players in the those lower levels, especially pitchers. So that gives us kind of a top five. I would put Hankins in his performance this year has been impressive enough to slot him in at six. Um, we've seen the guy that we saw last summer uh, at a lot of points. Uh, we'll see how he continues to grow and develop. Uh, you know, the caveat always here is he could totally flame out as soon as next year. Uh, pitchers are kind of hard to judge. They develop on different and weird curves. Look at Corey Kluber. You know, it's he was never a prospect. He struck out a lot of guys. But even though he struck out, a, you know, everyone always talks about he struck out all these guys in double A. 
but he still was an up and down majors minors guy until it all clicked into place and then became a Cy Young winner multiple times. But Hankins has the stuff to be a you know a, a front of the rotation pitcher. He's been very good this year in uh, in Mahoning Valley. He started to come a little bit back to earth, but there are the tools that made him such an interesting player. Um, so yeah, I, I'm still believing. I'm not not going to stop believing. Uh, Daniel Johnson would come in for me at seven. Again, that's going to be higher than most places, but again, it's a very high floor. Uh, I think he he has all the athletic tools that he'll be no worse than a fourth outfielder, platoon blat blat platoon bat. Um, yeah, there's just so many tools. You know, it's a a cannon arm, plus plus speed. He has plus raw power. Um, he's he does it all. It's always about the hit tool. Is really the question, and he just continues to get better and better. And his walk rate, um, walk percentage this year is a career high. He his strikeout percentage on the year is below his career average. He's not as productive in AAA as he was in AA, but that happens. I mean, that's moving up the ladder, and people might kind of be surprised by that just because he's hitting for a higher average. But his, uh, interesting enough, while he's hitting for an higher average, his slugging percentage is actually down right now um, compared to where he is in AA. But again, it's a he's a guaranteed future major leaguer, short of a like limb-losing accident. Daniel Johnson's going to be in the majors. So that leaves four more spots. So who are the four that make it? You know, that always kind of becomes the question. Um, it's it's one of those things like, I'm like, oh, I have two. I, I'm, I know for sure. Three, there we go. There's a third I know for sure. And it's just figuring out the order of those guys. Um... Eight, I'd probably still go with Yu Chang. Um, you know, I had him top five. Hasn't been the best year. He's dealt with injuries, but he's still um, above average to plus power. He can play shortstop, third base, or second base. Um, he walks at a, a, a high rate. He's uh, Since he's come back, he is still walking. He's You know, the walk rate is better this year than last year. Um the power is he's you know he hasn't been quite as good he's been closer to the average but there were some struggles there were some injuries but again I he's a certain major leaguer and that is incredibly valuable so at nine I would put Bo Naylor the catcher um last year's first round pick he has continued to get better this year though less and less people think he's going to stick a catcher more think you know third base maybe first base um, you know, there's a chance for above average hit and above average power, maybe one of those moving to plus. Uh, the nice thing with him is he started out awful. I mean, he was awful. And now he's up to a 104 in his uh, runs created. He, the average has been creeping up all year. He's walking nearly 10% of the time. A lot of positive signs for him in uh, low A. So that gives us nine. Um, so Brian Rocoio isn't going to make it for me just because, again, 
I know people absolutely love him to death, but the production just hasn't been there for me yet. Uh, yes, he produced in Arizona, but I don't really look at rookie ball in terms of numbers. Um, I don't know if Daniel Espino is kind of in that range. Um, I'll put Espino at 10. Uh, you know, with some of the guys like Henkes, who's kind of taken a step back, uh, Espino is a huge risk, huge, uh, you know, reward. I think more than likely he's going to end up a reliever. Uh, I think more than likely he'll have arm problems before he ever gets to the majors. Um, he's kind of physically maxed out, so he could move quickly. Uh, but yeah, I just, I mean, that was a, a big roll of the dice by the Indians. Um, but I mean, there's just, everything works perfectly. He's an ace. Um, but that's everything working perfectly that, uh, he's able to, to develop all those pitches, improve his command, improve his control and avoid arm issues. And then again, cause I have kind of conservative rankings at this point, I think 11 would have to be Karen shock. I always get nervous about putting a reliever that high. Um, but what he has done this year, uh, it's just, he's a different pitcher than he was in years past. Um, you know, it was a guy who in 2018, you know, last year he, uh, you know, he, when he got the double a, his, his walk rate was over 10 uh, that same year. And, uh, a ball, his walk rate was over five this year. It's been a little bit of a, he's only had five innings in triple a and due to injury in 10 in double a, but we saw the walk rate drop in double a and it was low before the injury in triple a um just obscene k rates you know they were always high but now they're in the 20s um his i've never something i've never seen before uh it's a very small sample but he he had a negative fip in uh in double a that's that's how good he was um it is a profile that if Everything we've seen this year keeps, you know, just stays, doesn't even progress. It, it's an all-star closer. I mean, that is the the ceiling. The floor is a, a flamethrower with command issues at the back of the pen. Um, you know, uh, uh, I don't know if I want to go like John Rocker-esque because there's so much baggage there. But, you know, kind of a, a maybe a... <laughs> in the fictional world, a Rick Wild thing Vaughn type of arm. But, I mean, at this point, he's just been at what he's shown, and when I've talked to people, believe in him enough that, uh, yeah, I think I would slot him in at 11. So, again, this is the, I'm not sitting here diving into the numbers. I'm not sitting here pulling things apart like I normally do when I do a top 11. But that's, you know, I have the names. I know who I like and kind of putting it together. So that is my uh, top 11 prospects who kind of stands out at this point as the midway park for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, as always, your thoughts and comments are welcome on my Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Let's try to be nice to each other. Um, as I learned today, Twitter can be a cesspool. Uh, thank you for listening. Our, we are up 45, 50% this month. So big thanks. Uh, you guys are a part of this podcast. 
So that growth is exciting for me. I hope it's exciting for you guys as well. And remember, as always, go tribe.